Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Prime podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Let's get ready to watch some Transformers Prime. That's a boxing joke, you jabroni. (laughs) What? They did it at WrestleMania 2, I think. Okay. Think? Anyway. My memories are vague. Anyway, David, if you persist in this... I am going to take you down Smackdown Boulevard and check you into the Jabroni Hotel. <laughs> Smackdown Hotel. Oh, you're, you're right. I mixed wrong. that up. Oh, you're going to have to. I'm I'll just be, be I'm going to be taken here. down Know Your Role Street. I'm just going to be over here not know knowing anything about Smackdown wrestling, Hotel. except they have some really feminine toys lately, and it makes me actually want to know more about wrestling. <laughs> I hear the women's division is actually very good these days. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually, well, one, it's actually called the women's division and not the divas anymore. Uh, and their championship <laughs> and belt good. doesn't have a big pink butterfly on it anymore. <laughs> no, really, it used to have a big pink butterfly on it. I'm not surprised. I don't remember. No, no, no. Well, watch some women's matches now. They're really great. Asuka's amazing. And uh, and they've got uh, yeah, Ric Flair's uh, daughter, who kind of weirdly looks like a female yeah. Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and her character basically is she's Ric Flair. So she is a wheelin' dealin' kiss stealin' daughter of a gun. Yep. <laughs> Alright. Daughter then. of a son of a gun. Anyway, we we indeed this is the granddaughter first... of a gun. <laughs> I gotcha there. Yeah, this is the first ever episode of Transformers Prime. First aired November 26th, 2010. Uh, written by showrunner Dwayne Capizzi. Yay. And we open, and yeah, this is, uh, this is our first, well, I guess, uh, Transformers Energon and Cybertron were CG. This is the first since Beast, show since Beast Machines that had good CG. Those weren't really um, fully CG. Those were no, like I guess the, yeah, the people were cell animated. Yeah, and they and it was cell shaded, which looked very unattractive the way it they did not, it. Not great. Um, not great. It, it varied. Cybertron was okay. Cybertron was pretty good. They, they were overly reliant on the design of the toys. There was like I mean, they had the screw holes. It was, it was making awful. the models look awesome, but yeah, the screw holes were not. We're not a great design choice. Well, the, the screw holes are better than giving breasts to a robot. Under yeah, that was the one place they deviated. A bunch of pervasoids. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, anyway, this, this CG is very nice. Yes. Well, um, it's uh, nice when it's not taking place in a town that's mysteriously empty because they don't quite have the budget oh. to pay for all the people. This is true. Yeah, that... Uh, it's, I... Which, unfortunately, we jump right into in the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to... I I don't think the CG has aged as well as Beast Wars, although Beast Wars isn't as good. It Something about like the shininess level on all these robots, they're too mm. shiny. They are I very mean, shiny. They are indeed shiny. And we, and yeah, we open up with... Uh, I mean, they're better with shadows and stuff, but... I mean, we'll there go. are shadows, so it's better with shadows. <laughs> I guess there's not too much water because it takes place in the desert. Yes, and also nobody turns into a boat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if there's any underwater stuff in this uh, series. I guess we'll find out. Yes. Um. So yeah. Oh, I don't remember any, but I missed a few. Episodes. Yeah, we open with Cliff Jumper, who turns, who is a like big red shiny muscle car with uh, bull horns yeah, on the like hood. A, yes, is it a Dodge Charger or something? I mean, it's or? not. It's the model is a little off, but he is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, he and is, and that is, as we say in the biz, a get. 
Yes, it, it's the biggest actor. Well, maybe not the highest grossing actor ever in Transformers. Well, that's just Frank Welker. But uh, the, the biggest name. Yes, it's Frank Because Welker. he makes, you know, if there's a blockbuster with animal noises in it, he's in it. Yes. <laughs> yep. But and yes, uh, I mean, he was advert like they 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 were running like ads in comic books and magazines, and they were advertising oh, yeah. that The Rock is on this show. Yeah, they because yes, uh, it was a big get. Yeah, it's a big deal. So you know, he is just he's on the radio chatting to uh, to RC. Uh, you know, he's saying you know messing around with some uh, New York City parking cops. <laughs> just gonna blow their cover, man. Yeah, and and. His his car mode has horns on the front because in wrestling sometimes he was called the Brahma Bull. Well, he has that big uh, bull's head tattoo on his arm. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So I mean, Cliff Jumper is... does classically also have horns on his helmet, so yeah. But these I mean, are I, more it, it bull horns yes. than little horns. And this may be the first time that a Transformers appearance has been explicitly based on his voice actor, with the exception of Unicron being based on Orson Welles. <laughs> no, well, oh, oh, that was me. You're saying this after we just had animated with Sentinel Prime, although that's based upon a character. I mean, that's based on. I, I don't think Townsend Coleman himself actually has a giant chin. He might. I, I'm not going to look up what he looks like because in my head he's just the tick without the costume. <laughs> I don't want to know what he actually looks like because I like my mental image. I think he's just kind of like a handsome, gray-haired guy. In my head, he's Patrick Warburton because my wires have gotten a little crossed between versions of the tick here. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so yes, he's uh, they're they're chatting, and then there's there's some uh, energon nearby, so he's going to check it out, and it is like a giant energon quarry. Yes, it is yeah, it's like, like how, what? How did people miss this? I mean, I guess maybe it's in the middle of nowhere, but still, it's like, there's giant glowing crystals in a hole in the ground. Yeah. I mean, as we're later going to find out, the government is sort, is basically involved in like a cover-up of Transformer activities on Earth. So, we're just going to assume that Ernie Hudson has like an army of men in black. Who- (laughs) But we don't get Ernie this episode. No, we don't. I assume he's just like going around flashy-thinging all the witnesses here. (laughs) Yes, all the no, random worry. people. Just a uh, just swamp gas. Yes. Uh. So he draw he goes in there the a gigantic huge ass Decepticon ship, which we're later going to learn is the Nemesis. Just Surprise! Turns up and, we only have one name draws. for giant Decepticon ships. Yep. Well, at least they didn't call it the Dark Side. Well, <laughs> okay, we have two it. names and. Uh, yeah, I guess Nemesis is better. Yeah. I just hate the origin of the name, the Dark Side. <laughs> it's a joke. But we've, we uh, we uh, went over that extensively. Yes. Look back into the archives, listeners. Wait, wait, and wait. it drops a bunch of Viacons. <gasps> My favorite new Transformers characters. They have amazing designs. Yes, they're the, and it's they're, never. They're s- Go on. I mean, that's never fully explained exactly how sentient they are. The, some of them have lines, I think, or at least lines. Yeah, some of them have lines, and then much later on, um, they like have a vote at as one to who's going to be the new <laughs> leader. At one point, Breakdown's like hanging out with them. Yeah, but we're also going to see that them dying is going to be much less of a big deal than other characters yeah, well, dying. Well, yeah, because yeah. they're standing for stormtroopers, clone troopers. Their face kind of looks a bit like a clone trooper, but also kind of a lot that. like old Cylons. Well, even in the new Cylons. Oh, they're definitely Cylons. Yeah. So they're like a, a disposable working class, which is pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's... I mean. It, these are the bad guys, so I guess they are the kind of people who would have like a a an inferior race that they yeah. make. But yeah, that goes fair. against the entire point of pretty much every version of the Decepticons, where their their philosophy is like we're the rising up oppressed because shit and forms and, and 
That was never even a thing outside of Alt Toys Transformers until James Roberts. I know, but it, it was a and it's also appropriate thingy. and it's also appropriate because even when the Decepticons say that, they're also huge hypocrites. Well, yes, yes but but the Viacons are like are an extra obvious hypocrisy. Yes, a bunch and of faces. Sadly, we don't really delve into that. Yeah, I know they 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 never get us the uh, Viacons only episode, do they? Sadly, no. Um, we oh, get a, a fair bit of them in a, like a very late episode. That is, I think, all Decepticons. The one with, that's the one with vampires. Oh, that's a really good what? one. That one came out a, over a buck on weekend, actually. Oh, that's right. Vampires? Because I remember watching that in the hotel room. Yeah, no, there's a straight-up, like, zombie vampire episode. And it's pretty great. Vampire. It's got a very fan service moment. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> yeah, so get ready for that one. Yes. Okay. I think that's a Margaret Scott one. So there is a cool fight. Uh, Cliff Jumper turns out to have like giant ass guns in his arms. Yes. Oh, oh, it's the, the fight is a total schmoz. It's a complete schlobber knocker. And, and when did you and turn into Stan Lee? <laughs> Excelsior. Um, no, Why, this fight will knock your pants off, Mighty Marvelites. Wrestling thingies. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, a, a schmoz is, is like when a wrestling, when, a wrestling match starts going weird and just a ton of guys show up in the ring and just beat the shit out of each other. Oh. It's a schmoz. Boy, I, I'm, you would know more about this than I did. I thought it was, uh, what, uh, Jimmy Durante had. No, that's a schmoz. <laughs> ha cha 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 cha. Good night, I Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. <laughs> this, sadly, this show gives me so few opportunities to hone my Jimmy Durante impression. It's a shame. One of these days, shame. I guess we'll just have to do that uh, that Frosty the Snowman cartoon. <laughs> That'll be next year's Christmas special. Wait, Although we did talk one? about it during that uh, Mighty Orbots episode. Yeah, it did that's Zaki true. Did, um, maybe for Christmas. Maybe, if we remember. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody write that down. All right, so, I have already forgotten. So eventually, it turns out that it's a bad idea to fight in, amongst a bunch of Energon, as seen on, like, every other Beast Wars episode. <laughs> <laughs> also, even some G1. I guess that yeah. was unstable yeah. Energon specifically, where there was an episode where there was like a canyon full of it and it exploded well, that's if the, you just, looked at it funny. That's, uh, that's a prime problem, the one with the fake Optimus Prime, in which they must have a race. Yes. Yeah, well, yes. even just fighting around crystals, you have ruby quartz mines and stuff. Oh, yeah, or even if you, you know, you're just hucking Energon cubes around. This stuff is everything trade can- dangerous. Basically, everyone knows that Energon is explosive, and he should know better. Yes, like, maybe just hit him with stuff. Yeah, maybe like, stick like, with the blunt weapons. Like, chuck some rocks at him. Yeah, there's and, plenty uh, of those around here in the desert. So, yeah, there's... there's Ask a- them if they can smell what he's cooking. <laughs> uh, so I had to wedge it in somewhere, and I don't know where else it fits. So RC, uh, she she phones in the rest of the Autobots, and we've got... Uh, yeah, you would think that Cliffjumper could, like, maybe wait for backup? Yeah, that's that's not his uh, that's not his deal. Apparently that's not his style. Yep, so we, we check in with the rest of the Autobots. You got uh, Jeffrey Combs as Ratchet. You got Kevin Michael Richardson as Bulkhead. You got Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime. At maximum speechifying level. Yes, and you've got a bunch of bleeps and bloops as Bumblebee, because those movies are popular. Fuck. (laughs) But they can't license radio clips. Although, apparently they had, like, uh, Frank Welker, like, doing the dialogue, and then they translated it into bleeps and bloops. Ah, that's cool. Okay. I mean, I assume it's the actual dialogue and not uh, Frank Welker going bleep, bloop. So, wait, so he was, Although, was he actually saying actually words, or was he going rant, 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 I mean, that's a thing that my, Frank Welker could do. Yes, Actually, you know, to watching this in 2018, this he sounds a lot like BB-8. Yes. Yeah. Well, because he's supposed to be R2-D2. Yes, but I mean, he <laughs> sounds more like BB-8 than R2-D2. Well, yes, because BB-8 sort of has more of a lexicon of dialogue. More than just... And I guess much like that, I think um, BB-8 
they also like had people doing lines and they kind of translated them into BB-8 E's. Because it was, it was Bill Hader and that guy who plays, uh, John Ralphio on Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Ralphio? Oh, the guy that looks like Mike. Like Mike Nelson? <laughs> no, M- Mike on, uh, Stranger Things. Oh, you mean Steve? Oh. Steve, oh, why does he? I mean Steve, Mike, those it's are a generic, generic name. names. I know. It's pretty yeah, generic whatever. names. Says Dave and Rob. Yeah. <laughs> and Jen. Yeah. Very easy. Yeah, we're, we're, we're your white people name starter pack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sad. Sad to be us. <laughs> this is why I had to go into a male dominated fandom. <laughs> well, uh, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. So, anyway, so- someone shoots the Energon, everything blows up, and they. Uh, well, you know, at this point, there, this is a cold open. There's been no intro to this show. Yeah. And we, uh, we really just opens. get, like, the title and then, uh, a few credits. We don't get a full opening sequence until the end of this five-parter. Oh, hmm. that's right. I will also point out that they showed these over the course of a week. Yes, there was, there was like an episode a day, which I think is what they, this is sort of, this almost harkens back to the 80s, where like yeah. all your 80s cartoons had like multi-part pilots. Yeah, had like five-part pilots. Or they were only five parts. I mean, I think the only exception there was Transformers, because it had three parts. Yes, until three. season three, where the pilot had five, where the season opener had five parts. It had five oh. faces of darkness. It had five parts oh. of darkness. <laughs> Yeah, like G.I. Joe had that. I think Jem had that. Inhumanoids had it. My Little Pony had ridiculously long multi-parters because it was only a 15-minute show. Because it had, like, a second cartoon tacked onto it. Oh, right. Maybe sometimes they did run full episodes, but they had, like, ridiculously long multi-parters. And I know a bunch of shows sort of started out that way. I think there was that. There was uh, Robotics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Robotics, I think, only got those five episodes. Or maybe it was only ten. Yeah, it only got those. Oh, and no. uh Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines had that. <laughs> Ooh. Which was like oh, about man. a bunch of guys in monster trucks who fought crime. I don't remember. Anyway, so... I remember there's a WWF uh, cartoon. Also, I oh, can tell you that it came movie. on... I'm pretty sure it came on at 6.30 Eastern. Because Ooh. I had a thing to go to with my roommate at 7, and we were not leaving because I was watching it, and he's like, so are we just not leaving until this is over? And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we are not leaving until this is over. <laughs> that is how things are going to be <laughs> when there's a new Transformers show. So they... So Cliff Jumper's beaten up. They drag him back onto the ship. Uh, well, to face two of the, the vehicles drag him back because that's all that's left. Yeah, the rest they got murdered. Yes, well, the rest got horribly. Well, that's still murdered. Yeah. I just kind of want to say it like Olivia Coleman in Hot Fuzz. Murdered. <laughs> that doesn't mean it was murder, RC. Yeah. <laughs> So they take him to their leader, and that leader is Starscream. <gasps> dun dun dun! Yay! I scream, you scream, we all scream for Starscream. And he and is a very Transformers animated E Starscream. In behavior, but in appearance, he's a lot more movie esque. Yeah, he's. I mean, almost everybody is kind of movie esque. Not even kind colors. Of? No, he, he's he doesn't not have colors. Even... Well, the the only colors like the the red horn on his head, I think, really. Yes. The rest of them is just this, sort of gunmetals and grays and stuff. But and this like, really takes like, the approach of the movies, where the, uh, like the Autobots are all bright colors, and the, I guess because they're all like sports cars, and the yes. Decepticons are all like military hardware or police cars or whatever, so they're yeah, just like a bunch of earth tones. Yeah. yeah the, the, this Starscream is like, he's movie inspired in a way, but he's like, like, how animated Starscream was taller and skinnier than G1 Starscream, this one is even taller and skinnier. And more hunched over. His chest kind of does look like the face of movie. Yes, Starscream. it does. It's weird. 
He's got a face chest. He's like a Kuato. <laughs> what? No, he, or, he's or, like a Arnim Zola. Gurren Lagan. Lagan. Multi kids. Or although that harkens back to um, was it Get a Robo G where they had faces on the robots? I mean, don't ask me, man. If it involves Ghetto Robo G, I know literally nothing. <laughs> it, it was one of the the Dynamic Robo series. I don't know what that is either. Uh, dynamic is Daikin? No, Dynamic is, is the animation. Well, now it is the animation. It may not have been back then. Like um, Gona Guy and some other people made giant robot shows from. Okay, um, that's an animation. Oh, like Messinger. Heck, is it good? Yes. Mazinger, Getter, uh, Great Mazinger, uh, Grendizer, them things. Is it Dynamic, Dynamic Productions or something? Anyway. Back to Transformers. Anyway, so yeah, yeah, Starscream, you know, you know, he's very mad about losing all that energon. And Cliff Jumper's all, you know, hey, uh, you know, up yours, Starscream. And then speaking of murder, uh, Starscream just straight up, mur- like, shoves his fist through his chest. And, and he bleeds to death and he dies. Dripping blood and, I mean, to be fair, nothing about Cliff Jumper's behavior in this episode so far has even explained how he managed to live this long. <laughs> because he's just doing all the wrong things. He's going in without backup. He's shooting energy weapons while surrounded by explosive things. And now he's mouthing off to a bad guy who's in a much more better position than he is. I mean, he just thought he was on a different show. Apparently. He thought he was on G1 and he could get away with this stuff. No. You're not getting yeah. away with that in this show. Yeah, no, this we are, like, less than ten minutes into this episode and we are dealing with grim death. I mean, to be fair, it does sort of help establish it, though. Oh, sure. It, yeah, it no, definitely this... establishes a tone, which is fairly dark. This ain't your daddy's Transformers. Cliffjumper doesn't leak any energon or juices or anything, does he? Yes, he does. Like, yes. We get a he shot does? of him like Dripping stuff just pouring out of him. Onto the ground. Like I think an isolated shot of it. Yes. So he's dead. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so long special guest star of The Rock. It's so hilarious that they used all this promotion for it, and then they just immediately kill him off. Miters immediately, yeah. You got, it, it's... you got, like, two separate action figures. Yeah. Which I never bought because he dies in the first five minutes. I mean, I got one. It's pretty neat. Yeah. I didn't bother. And he will technically be back. Yeah. I mean, you won't is be the he rock. the rock? Oh, yeah. No, no. it's Frank Welker. They got a guy who does... No, 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 but he comes back, there's a flashback episode later, and they got a guy oh. who does a good rock impression. Ah. Oh. That's fair. Um, uh, Mick Foley? It, sadly, no, it is not Mick Foley. He's just yeah, got he a doesn't... sock on his robot hand for no reason. <laughs> I love the boulder. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the Autobots get there, but everything has just been blown up, and all they find is, like, one of Cliff Jumper's horns, which got knocked off. It's very sad. RC picks it up all sadly. Like, maybe don't get attached to a guy with a death wish. Yeah. I'm just saying. So they, they actually have, like, sort of a little funeral for this horn. And <laughs> it's very sad. Yeah, I mean, they yes, want to make sad, sure but... you realize that he is dead. Like, they, they got the sad music going. Yeah. Um, everybody because you know... Uh, Cullen is kind of doing his big, uh, Cullen speech. Yeah, it's no. the first Optimus Prime speech of this series. Maybe I should keep count, cause, uh. <laughs> yes. There's gonna be should. a few. Just don't drink every time there's one. You might die. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like that. So yeah, they're, you know, and, um, it's Ratchet who's all, eh, you know, are these, like, people really worth all this? Because they've been here for, like, three years, apparently. I will note that we are continuing to have cranky old Ratchet. Yes, I mean, he's not quite as, like, cartoonishly old. He's just kind of old and, like, no. done with it. No, yes. he's, yeah, he's he's more cranky, though. 
Oh yeah, he because is. It's also Jeffrey Combs' voice. He's just. Yeah, I mean Jeffrey Combs never it. plays like a friendly, well-adjusted guy. No. Well, why would he do that? Like even you know he's nominally a hero in this, but you're always never entirely sure he might be injecting serum into somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is, isn't that actually an episode later? It is an episode. Yes. And what was I supposed to say, Cliff Jumper? Ravage dead details later. <laughs> oh, there's no ravage in the series that I remember. But speaking of, so, and then RC is just all, hey, you know what? Screw this. I'm going. Yeah. Yeah, she's had a bad day. I mean, she, I, I really like RC in this series. Yes. I mean, it's nice to have a female character from the start in a series for once. And yes, it's, it's and also who has nice personality that... characteristics other than female, even if yes. they're, like, being the murder hobo of the group. Yeah, because <laughs> her, she's, like, the character with the most personality in this episode and probably in the, the whole first arc. Because her her backstory, shown here, is the guy she liked got fridged. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. get turnabout. I mean, she's kind of the Wolverine. Yeah. Yes. Her buddy got killed. And she's not thrilled. And so she's just going to go into the desert and be sad about it. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do. And uh, back on the Decepticon ship, we are introduced to our second Decepticon, Stars, or, uh, Soundwave. Soundwave, yes. <gasps> and <gasps> is he the best Soundwave? He's pretty yes. good. I Well, it depends upon how attached you are to G1 Soundwave's voice. Yeah, that's true. But taking that out... Yes. Like, have we had, like, animated sound wave is kind of funny. This, this one, he's the most frightening sound wave. Like, he is mute. He only communicates in, like, stuff that he has recorded. He's got, like, a kind of a cyberjet face. Yes. Yeah, it's well, just like a face, screen. It's sort of cyberjet, sort of stylized Decepticon sigil. Well, only the, the yeah. face part is just this screen that displays sound wave lines. He's built like Slender Man. Yes. <laughs> He's even skinnier than Starscream. He's... And he turns into like a predator drone. Yes. Yeah. He turns into an unmanned aerial vehicle. It's no face, no voice. And like he is a legitimately menacing villain and he is great on this series. Yes. He later has Dr. Octopus tentacles. Yep. When he gets to do things, it's amazing. Yes. Yeah, cause, well, because without having a voice actor, he, he gets the whole Darth Vader bump, just standing there looking menacing. Yep. Not saying yes. shit. That's like that uh, that fight scene on The Simpsons where there's that, oh, that little guy, and I, he's just standing there. I know he's going to do something. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he's also incredibly competent, which is generally a, a sound wave characteristic. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, he's recorded RC and Starstream's all, well, I guess we better kill her next. Dun, dun, dun. Cut to Jasper, Nevada. The biggest little town with no population anywhere. Nobody. <laughs> population, nobody. It's whole, it's... Population, like, we didn't have the budget. I, it's shocking how vacant it is. Yeah, this is... Um, I mean, because, well, back in Beast Wars, they didn't do people... Because people are harder to do in CG, and it was harder back then, because, like, when they had Reboot from Mainframe, like, the people were different colors, so they didn't look as weird. And a bunch of them were just, like, ones and zeros. Yeah. Yeah, the, the binomes. But but this, like, there are actual human CG characters, who we'll get to in a minute, but going into this town with nothing, like, there aren't even people just standing there, a silhouette, there's no sign of anyone. It looks like a nuclear bomb dropped and everyone, or neutron bomb dropped and everyone was turned to ash. It's oh man, it's one of those like towns with just a bunch of mannequins and Indiana Jones yeah. is about to run into like, it and hide in no. the fridge. God are there even it. any other ca cars moving around? I don't remember. I don't think there were other There really should be some cars. Yeah, there should be cars, like somebody stand, somebody sitting on a bench, just a shape of a person in the distance. Something. Uh, it's so, so underpopulated. Uh, it's creepy. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> creepy. It's unsettling. Yeah. Right, so we start at K.O. Burger. Why? Why is it K.O. Burger? Because every patty is a knockout. Ah, that's right. Uh, 
and uh, manning the uh, the drive-through, it's Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> Alas, no. Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> That'd be way more interesting. I mean, he is definitely designed to look. His wardrobe is very similar. It's uh, very bland. I never even made that connection. I think, like, and I think that's almost literally what Shia LaBeouf is wearing in that first movie, minus the the Strokes, the Strokes logo. logo. I mean, yeah, yeah but, but like, that's so kind of how I look every day. I mean, that's just normal hobo clothes. Well, then try to avoid like giant robots uh, looking in your window and trying to get to your stuff. But I love giant robots. Sam Witwicky, give us the glasses. I mean, I kind of dressed like that in college, but but. I would usually have, like, a primary colored shirt, or the undershirt would be brighter colors, something. He's just grays and browns and blue jeans. Yeah. Because this is Jack Darby, generic white teen. Yes. So generic. He's pretty generic. Which, okay, there, there, you gotta start somewhere fine. We'll have a generic, boring, brown-haired, white man. Hello, Spike. I mean, there's a reason this guy played Peter Parker. <laughs> so he's, he's there he has to interact with a couple of jerky teens who are credited in the credits as jerky teen who we never see all we see is the a bit of the roof of their car yep because they can't have other it's hard to have other people in scenes well yeah we'll see a few more but it's expensive uh, yeah it wouldn't be so noticeable if the town w- wasn't completely deserted. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really help. No. So RC, she's kind of on the run from uh, from a couple of uh, from Viacons. her feelings, but yeah, also Viacons. also her also her fe- feelings and also Viacons. Yeah, Viacons <laughs> who are in their car mode and they're sort of oh, how would you describe it? Like. Batman the Animated Series cars, kind of. They're retro future. Yes. I mean, they kind of look like the Batmobile. I was thinking yeah. one of those, like, new Oldsmobiles that are trying to be really futuristic looking, but are really still just Oldsmobiles. Yes. Yeah, because it's, it's very angular and square. The front looks high-tech-ish, but it's almost got fins on the back of it. And they're very cool looking, and they also translate oh, yes. to a super neat uh, action figure. Yes. A, a surprisingly great, I, I should have gotten one of them out because somehow the entire top of the car becomes the back of their legs. It's crazy. It's amazing. It's good for army building. You can yeah, buy so like I 10 got, of them. Yeah. Well, so, I don't know if you can still buy them now, but check yeah. eBay. Get one. Yeah. Get so they can't be so, that much. Yeah. So Jack finishes his shift. He goes outside and there's, there's this sweet, uh, blue motorcycle out there. And he engages in some very double entendre dialogue that it's it's amazing how much he wants this bike. Not just that he wants to own this bike, he wants this bike <laughs> in the biblic sense. He wants this bike carnally. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's well, it's. I'm not sure if it's. I mean, I'm not gonna that, argue. Yeah, I'm not sure it's creepier that it's just a bike. Or that it's a bike that turns out to be actually a sentient being? I mean, to be Which fair, he cuts that out. Yeah, I mean, once he knows it's a person, he's not all, oh, I want to own this, caresses it. Yeah, he <laughs> behaves himself once he knows it's a person. I have got some lovely doujinshi to show you. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, yeah, but we've all been to Rule 34. S- stay tuned for Stasis Pod after dark. <laughs> Just talk about what's on Rule Thirty Four. It's 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 like the hub up all night. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm not sure which of us has to be the Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, oh my god! Do I have to talk like this the entire episode? Well, that's pretty good. <laughs> there you go. I just have to scrunch my face up so I can't see, and it works. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think, Jen, you have to be the Rhonda Shear, and I'm just going to have to be Joe Bob Briggs. <laughs> that works. Oh, but I want to say, up oh, all night. <laughs> this episode got uh, got some motorcycle foo, some Energon foo. <laughs> Joe Rob oh, wait, says, okay. check it out. 
Jen, you, you might be more associated with Sven Gulli, possibly. Yes, <laughs> I love Sven Gulli. Hey. Uh, uh, pretty scary, eh, kids? <laughs> that's, uh, that's just my Count Ooh. Floyd. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, local girl Sierra and her unnamed friend. Oh my uh, god, there are other she, people! Yes, and uh, she is theoretically his love interest. Much like she, uh, she ever Megan Fox in that first movie, she's been she's in a couple later. Okay, yeah, she shows up again. They they invested enough in her model to have her show up more than once. I mean, obviously he's, he's interested in her because she's the heir to the Sierra Entertainment fortune. Oh man, <laughs> I know all those King's Quest games. Yeah, mm. she knows all the cheat. She knows all the cheat codes to Phantasmagoria. <laughs> Uh, she's voiced by Alexander Krosny, who was apparently on that, uh, Last Man Standing show with Tim Allen. Huh. No, uh, I think the noise you're trying to make is, <laughs> and then there's a scene transition with, like, a circular saw. <laughs> I think that's a different Tim Allen show. I'm just anyway, putting that out there. Anyway, she's all, uh, are you having sex with this motorcycle? <laughs> And he's like, no, this is, this is totally mine. I'm, uh, see, I'm, I'm sitting on it. This is totally a, not a weird thing to do. <laughs> this is a total norm, totally normal and reasonable thing to do. And there, this is sort of a suspenseful scene where the, the Decepticons are sort of closing in and she is, you know, she wants this guy to get off her because she has to get out of there. But instead they are, she's charged by these Decepticons and she has to zip off. With Jack on board. With this obnoxious human child on board. Yes. Yeah, um, is, maybe it's just me, like, the human mouths animate a little weird. Like, somehow it works on the robots, but on the humans it's slightly creepier. I mean, I, I can see that. I mean, they're very sort of stylized people, so they're, they're, it's, you know, yeah. when they hit the, uh, Uncanny Valley, no. Yes. Like... Also, no one on this show has noses. I just want to put that out there. Well, none of the robots. No, I mean... The they... human noses are understated, too, but yeah, the robots don't have noses, which looks good on most of them, like animated, except for Optimus Prime. His, like, lack of nose is very high. Which is weird, because he normally, I mean, he, he normally doesn't have the lower half of his face. Yes. Yeah. But it worked in animated, because he, like, had part of his helmet came down to almost nose. Here it's much higher, and, like, and, and Optimus Prime, with the faceplate, traditionally has a bridge of a nose, and, and without that, yeah, that's it's true. strange. Anyway, so she she starts talking to him, and all I can think of is Heat Vision and Jack. Uh, sure. It was it was a rejected like late nineties pilot uh, about Jack Black, who is Jack, and his talking motorcycle Heat Vision, who is voiced by Owen Wilson. <laughs> Why? Are you sure this isn't just a joke show that somebody faked up and not? No, this movie? actually existed. You're sure? Sh- I mean, yes, an episode exists, but I feel like that was intentionally. No, like they made- wanted to make this into a show. Really. I mean, it was a comedy, obviously, because it's about a motorcycle voiced by Owen Wilson, and the like. The villain was Ron Silver. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, that's too far. It's very funny. Look, it's probably on like YouTube or something. It's yeah, very funny. It was. I think I've seen part of it, and I just it it was too far into its own joke that it wasn't funny. I mean, it's up there with, uh, Look Well, that, uh, the Adam West pilot that, uh, that Conan O'Brien wrote. <laughs> what? I am not familiar with this. He was, Adam West played like, kind of a, a vaguely fictionalized, um, Adam West, who was like an unemployed TV actor who mm-hmm. solved mysteries. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh. Like, he played like a cop on TV and he's washed up and now he thinks that he can actually uh, like solve mysteries. Be a cop. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. And it's Adam West, so it's it's very funny. Yeah, he is a good comic actor. And written by uh, Conan O'Brien, like a pre-fame Conan O'Brien. Huh. Oh wait, 
Uh, before or after he worked on The Simpsons? I think maybe during, because it's him and Robert oh. Smigel. Hmm. Yeah, it's 91, so maybe right around the time that he was hired by The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so there's a motor... This is much like the Michael Bay movies. This has a car chase, and it's a pretty good car chase. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she tries to dump Jack, but... Uh, the Decepticons split up and go after him because, you know, he knows their secret. So she's got to get him back. She's very Sundere. Yeah, she just <laughs> wants him to go away. But she doesn't want him to, like, get murdered by the Icons. No. But it's not like she likes him, Baka. <laughs> so they they get out onto the uh, the highway. They're joined by Bumblebee. Um, this is all very Michael Bay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there is a... Fight Club reference in here somewhere? Yes, I, I know. They're driving okay, down the a first... highway that they say is the Beltway, but it's clearly actually Chicago. But there are actual cars on the. <laughs> and then yeah. they get into what appears to be the L.A. River, like uh, like yeah, where, like Greece fuck? is about to break out here. <laughs> hmm. About to chase some Terminators. <laughs> I order you not to go. I order you not to go. Ah, uh, Edward Furlong. The second episode in a row that we've referenced Edward <laughs> Furlong. Mom! <laughs> and that is where we meet our second uh, human cast member, Raph Esquivel. Yes. He is small. S-M-O-L. He is ridiculously small. He's a tiny boy. He's got, like, anime hair. Yeah, his, yes. his character design is sort of like Anime crossed with background character from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. Oh, he does kind of look like a neutrino. <laughs> oh, he does. Yeah. One of those hot rodden teenagers from outer space. Yeah. Aren't they from Dimension X? Uh, yes, you're right. Not right. I'm thinking of teenagers <laughs> from outer space. So he also is just not like, to he's... be confused with biker mice from Mars. Yes. Oh, no. So he's just like using an RC car here. He's, um, I, An RC car that is the same model as Bumblebee? Yes. Yes, although as we later find out on the show, Bumblebee is like an exact model of car that they end up naming. Hmm. Uh, oh, that's and, right. And uh, what, in a hilariously dated note, everybody has a flip phone on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a, as a related note, uh, I was just thinking about how in V for Vendetta, they show that it's like the near future by everybody has tiny, tiny phones. And it's kind of hilarious that in real life, we actually went off in completely the opposite direction. <laughs> I mean, nobody wants a phone that you're going to, you know, uh, you know, drop into the sink. Yeah. Lose. Going to fall out of your pocket. Well, in, in Japan, they, I don't know if they still do, but they, for a while they had like a stick phone that was like, not a flip. It was, it was just like about an inch by really thin cell phone by like six inches long. Mm-hmm. Oh. Weird. Yeah, that's about what they had there to show that it was the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they, he sees this whole fight going on. Uh, oh, and there is a line that I really like here. When Bumblebee shows up, uh, our, uh, Jack is all, hey, is that, is that guy like a friend of yours? She says, no, family. Aww. <laughs> and also it makes me think of Fast and the Furious. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. It's all about, it's all about family. <laughs> me, Michelle Rodriguez, The Rock, Jason Statham for some reason. Family. <laughs> I don't really like The Rock though. Jason Statham who is somehow brothers with Luke Evans. And, and they're both the sons of oh, Helen the- Mirren. Why, <laughs> uh, uh, oh right, I, they were. I got. I, I, I need a pun, I need a pun at square to figure this out. I need to figure out what the hell their father looked like. I assume he was like a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there is a, uh, there's a big fight. The kids like run into a, like a, a drain. And finally Bulkhead shows up and the Decepticons just run away because Bulkhead is gigantic. Yes. He yeah. continues his characterization being very large. Yes. Yeah, he's he's somewhere larger and more spherical than before. Yeah, he is <laughs> so amazing. spherical, it's a miracle. <laughs> hmm. He is somehow, even though this 
has the constraints of being designed more like toys and having to obey rules of like solid three dimensions and not being cartoony, he still manages to be round, very round. So we go, we go back to Autobot headquarters and Optimus Prime is all, no, you must get the children as the Decepticons have targeted them. They will, they will never be safe without our protection. Man, Decepticons are jerks. Yeah, and Ratchet is, again, not not really thrilled by this. No, he does not want anything to do with these humans, which admittedly is not too far off from Ratchet and Animated at first. He's like, ew. They're gross, man. They're all greasy and squishy, but then there's hard stuff in them if you squeeze them too hard, and oh, they're gross. Full of liquids. Well, I mean, as we saw from Cliff Jumper, the Transformers are also full of liquids. <laughs> well, yes, but in a different way. Yeah, so, so we're, we're it's the next day. We're at high school. Uh, Jack is out there. Raph is waiting for him. I guess waiting to talk about their crazy robot adventure. Yeah, they're friends now. They're buddies. Well, oh. Raph thinks they're buddies because he's a a nice kid. And meanwhile, uh, watching them is the third member of our human cast, Miko Nakadai. Yay! Uh, what on earth is up with her haircut? <laughs> it's cool. What kind of haircut is that? It's... Is that physically possible? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's po- well, it's she's like two. It's got pi- a lot of two kind of like, like pigtails. On. Yeah, she's, she's got, got a ponytail. They're twin tails, but they're cut off. There's also the ponytail, and then there's the swoop in the front. She's very neon punk. Yes. And of course, she is a Japanese character in an in an American cartoon, so she has pink highlights. Of course. That's how it works. That's you have to. They give it to you when you get off the plane. So we've met all of our human children now. Yes. Name um. Raphael, Michelangelo, and Jack Gonardo? No. Uh, no. No. Well, he's kind of Leonardo. He's the boring one. I mean, I guess. I mean, but clearly, Raph is like, he's a good kid. He is neither cool nor rude. Yeah. Okay, he's more the Donatello, true. but his name is Raph. I had to go with the Joe. And, and Miko, I admittedly, she is a party dude. Yes. Yes. Very much. But no, it, it is Raph who does the machines. It's true. Well, not in the way Jack does machines. He, he's good at, <laughs> Raph is good at talking so If you look machines. on Rule 34, I'm sure they're all doing oh. machines at some point. <laughs> I mean, I suppose this means that uh, Optimus Prime is the radical truck who taught them to be ninja teens. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Anyway, and uh, I'm not, I can't say anything as to the accuracy of the accent here. The actress in question uh, is Indonesian. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's I don't want to say close enough, but eh, her she doesn't have that thick of an accent. But yeah, I mean, she's there. an exchange student. Yes, yeah, a crazy and exchange she- student. Yeah, because her, like her host parents are calling, she's just not, not paying attention. Cause she just wants to draw this sweet motorcycle. Yeah. Which is nice, but wow, she's bad at drawing. Yeah. Considering her age, it's not, I mean, it's more like a five-year-old's drawing. Yeah, I mean, what, yeah. she's, I mean, well, we know Jack's, she's presumably the same age as him and he's old enough to drive. Yeah. Yeah, it's close, but yeah, her, her art is very crayon-like. I mean, maybe she's just a really bad artist. Maybe that's just her style. And as I think we later find out, she's also a really bad musician. (laughs) Well, she tries. She's enthusiastic. And anyway, she totally just spies on Jack talking to a robot. And she's just totally not surprised by it at all. Nope. (laughs) No, she just rolls with it. I mean, she's from Japan. This kind of thing happens all the time. People befriend robots. I mean, that's what you do. That's what her yeah, so, life of training has taught her to do. So, so Raph, so she, and 
RCs all just, oh, god damn it. How many of these am I going to pick up? <laughs> just all over the place. Ugh. Like, are they just going to keep coming? <laughs> so, Raph drives back in Bumblebee, but uh, despite him being a car, but RC has to carry uh, Jack and Miko. And so they all go to uh Autobot headquarters, which is concealed in what looks like the the big uh what do we call those like uh buttes? Yeah, I think that's what they're called. Uh, sure. I say for my total lack of geological Mini Mesa? knowledge. Mini Mesa. Yeah, or a Mesa. I mean, it looks like it looks like Monument Valley, which I mean, interestingly plays a prominent role in Transformers Age of Extinction, which would come out several years later. Dun dun dun. Uh. Well, it, it, it kind of works with, like, G1, like, robots, giant, empty valleys in the middle of nowhere where they can destroy whatever. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a motif. I've totally that... forgotten, like, 90% of Age of Extinction. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's totally a Mount St. Helena or whatever that was. Yes. It's a baby version of it. Yeah. Mount St. Helena. And, yeah, there is totally a giant base in there. They all get, you know... Optimus Prime gives almost word for word, I think, the speech from the first Transformers movie where he's explaining to Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox what our deal is. <laughs> yeah, okay, this is speech number two. I'll take off the box. Drink. <laughs> Bottoms up. We are the Autobots from the planet Cybertron. And much interestingly, in an interesting bit of synchronicity here, uh, both this, uh, the IDW comics at the time, and the live-action movies all had a Cybertron that was like a desolate wasteland. Well, yeah, presumably that was in the big Bible book that they made, and that was kind of the in plot. The binder of, of Revelation. The video games is like, oh, this planet is starting to break down. Oh, let's go down to the core, and oh, we fucked it up even more. Whoops. <laughs> Oops. Oh, this looks so easy. Oh, this looks so easy when Stanley Tucci did it. <laughs> I mean, traditionally, Cybertron is pretty sparsely populated. Right, but I mean, like yeah. in G1, like there weren't a lot of guys there, but it was like, like there were still people there, but this, it's like no, uninhabitable. It was just women there, and there Shockwave. One guy and Shockwave. Yes. Shockwave and a bunch of ladies. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of ladies, uh, Shockwave and uh, Alpha Trion. Yes. Whereas here, like nobody lives there. It's like, like uninhabitable. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, I think, is it Miko who asks the Autobots, like, who built you? And Ratchet is just disgusted. <laughs> He's so offended. Like, I am an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, oh, and, and Miko, like, really likes Bulkhead. I guess she likes him thick. And he Yes kind of terrified of this small yippy enthusiastic thing oh oh and she she asked something to the effect of ah how much does this guy weigh <laughs> <laughs> again with the wrestling jokes yep and i think it's also like ratchet is all weren't there only like two of them and i see so well they, you know they're humans they multiply yeah <laughs> and i wonder how long it took them to figure out that that was actually a joke <laughs> Ah, I see. They must have butted off the female. <laughs> but she wasn't with them to begin with. Dun-dun-dun. Oh, it's complicated. You rub two of these organics together, and eventually you get a third one. I mean, I was going Maybe to say more. that this is how they understand gender, but they actually do have, like, straight-up lady robots in this, and it's not... Yeah, she's right there. She's, like, <laughs> ten feet tall and somehow unfolds from a little motorcycle. How is she so big? She is way too big. Yeah. For that alt mode. Yeah, um... <laughs> oh, uh, I think the comparison picture is on the wiki. Like, like little bike, and then suddenly she's giant standing next to Jack. Like, it's the size of one of her legs. Yeah, I mean, there's a yeah. there's a scene when she's picking him up where she transforms in an alley and she just gets so much, she's just looming over him. It's like, that's not how physics works. Subspace? Uh... I mean, listen, we, we were okay for years with giant-ass Megatron turning into a gun that people could, like, hold. Yeah, but, I mean, it was not so okay that people didn't need to feel a need to come up with a fan and explanation for it. 
Oh, this is true. Also, where does Prime's trailer go? Yes. Uh, and also, what? How come the construct guns have three origins? <laughs> yeah. Uh, G one problems. Don't go back there. There's too many. Just G one. And problems. in another bit of synchronicity with the uh, with the movies, uh, Optimus Prime talks about how you know he he had a comrade in arms who turned to the way of evil, and I fear with the Decepticons uh, active once more that the return of Megatron. Is looming. Or something like that. So, if Megatron was fighting alongside Prime, what were they fighting? Who were they fighting against? This is a good question. Like, yeah. (laughs) I mean, in the IDW movie comics, I think it turns out that initially they were fighting like Transformer Barbarians. Okay. Oh. And I think Ironhide was originally like one of those barbarians. It was like kind of a Roman Empire versus like the Visigoths kind of thing. Uh-huh. Weird. Sure. I mean, listen, anything that involves the phrase robot barbarians, I am totally on board okay, with. Okay, fine. I'll allow well, yeah. it. But it, it it just seems odd, and unless aliens are showing up and they're blowing them up, which that would be fun, but... Is, is it weird? Like, having Megatron and Optimus at one point, like, friends, is a good concept. But it's very weird if you have them fighting alongside each other. Yes. It's complicated. Yeah. Because then you have to ask who they were fighting, if not each other. Yep. Yeah. It's a hard questions. Although I guess, um, I'm not sure how the timelines line up, but later in the, like much later in the show, we're going to be introduced to the Predacons. Yes. And I wonder if maybe it was them. That could be. Yeah, the way they do Predacons in this. So that, that could be it. And that makes some modicum of sense to me. So I'm going to say <laughs> Predacons. Sure. And I kind of like the way, like Megatron has not shown up in this episode yet, but we're kind of, you know, like Starscream is worried that he's going to show up and Prime is worried that he's going to show up. And I kind of like that we're building to Megatron coming in and building him up as like a big deal instead of just bad guy leader. Yeah, it goes back to the whole animated way of doing it, of, you know, the Decepticons being, at least in this case, Megatron being a big enough threat that he's not just showing up every episode and waving things around. I mean, he will eventually, but yes. at this point, he's still, like, a looming threat. He's big enough to mm. be a looming threat. You gotta be big to loom. That's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> and indeed, uh, we got back to the Decepticons, Soundwave gets a transmission, and Starscream very reluctantly... Uh, activates the space bridge. Like, all right. It's very pretty. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, th- this, like the space stuff in this and the energy stuff, it's very nice. Very nice. Soundwave is just like guilting Starscream into it silently. Yep. Hey, he, he can do a silent treatment like no one else. Oh, sure. And indeed, they open up the space bridge and it is Megatron. <gasps> And dun, dun. he only oh, no. has like one line. So, I mean, we can sort of talk about it now. It, it is Frank Welker again, and he's very good in this. Yes. I mean, it's yeah, sort of old man. Yeah. I mean, it's G1 Megatron esque, but mm-hmm. just like, you know, him taking that voice and saying, how can I do that better? Like he's sort he's a little unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. He's. Well, it helps the way he looks with the teeth and weird jaws. Oh, he's got like a like a weird shark face. Angry monster. Yes. Yeah. It's. it's I, I really like the Decepticon uh, character designs on this. Yes. Yes. And Megatron, I think, is really. I mean, he's got a bit of the animated Megatron, like the Cybertronian one, in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he's built like animated Megatron, but sort of. Rounded, spiky, smooth, like movie Megatron? Yes. And then the head is a little, um, it's a little Generation 1 Megatron. And obviously he sounds like Generation yeah. 1 Megatron because he's Frank Welker. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's a rounded version of his old bucket helmet. Mm-hmm. Yay, bucket head. 
And yes, that is uh, the end of the episode. The big <gasps> cliffhanger. Megatron's back. Dun dun. There are a bunch of kids running around the Autobot base. Yep. And Megatron's back. And oh yeah, uh, next episode. Get ready for both. Um, both more. We get more Megatron. We get Ernie Hudson. Yay! And TV's Marky Post. Yay! More supporting Yay. humans. Also, Ernie Hudson and Marky Post. Yay! Who they kind of later try and set up as a couple, uh, much later on the show, and it's kind of great. <laughs> <laughs> After she's been after Mrs. Ms. Darby has been making eyes at Optimus Prime for a bit. It's a little... Uh, yeah, this... Robot this sometimes shipping. has some weird... Uh, 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 yeah. You're encouraging things. No. <laughs> oh, you're encouraging things. Thankfully, you, the listener, cannot see this, but heaven only knows what David has been sending us links to while this conversation has been going on. <laughs> um, um, wait, uh... Oh, I'm sure it's nothing I haven't already seen. Yeah, you've probably seen it. Um, an artist who worked at Antarctic Press drew some fan art to annoy another person working at Antarctic Press and kept doing it. Oh, God. <laughs> You're all welcome to look that up. So, yeah. so yeah, that is the end. It's kind of hard to judge this by its parts because this is part one of five. Yeah, and, you know, not a lot happens so much, like, action-wise. Like I mean, they've, they've got to tell us who everybody is. Yeah. And they've got to introduce somebody and immediately murder him. Yeah, that's very important. Got to set up stakes there. Now you know what the stakes are. The stakes I are death. Think, I think G.I. Joe Re um, Renegades did the exact same thing with, like, Ripcord or something. Huh. Except I think he came back because his voice actor was not as expensive. Like it was just Phil Lamar or something. <laughs> oh. His voice actor was not off making like super expensive action movies. No. I think it was recorded. Let me see who's one. I've got to look this up now. <laughs> it does not tell me who this voice actor is on Wikipedia. What good are you, Wikipedia? <sighs> Oh no, sorry, it was, it was Carrie Payton, uh, also Teen Titans Cyborg, oh, yeah. and later, uh, Robots in Disguise Grimlock. Yeah, okay. Oh! Oh. So yeah, I mean, you know, it, I think it does a well enough job of kind of giving us the Transformers basics and giving us that sort of Transformers live action movie feel, but with, you know, a script yeah. <laughs> and no... Individual characters? And no, no no tight focus on an actress's butt or robot testicles. Yeah. The only objectifying that goes on in this episode is RC and how thick Bulkhead is. <laughs> yeah, the only objectification of the female character goes when she is a motorcycle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I, Jack may have, like, car and driver hidden under his, mo under his mattress. <laughs> Hot. <laughs> But, you know, and I think, I, you know, I hate to use this word, but uh, it's definitely going for a an epic feeling. Yeah, the music, definitely. With the, with the music and the, like the, the desert scenery. Mm-hmm. How large the robots are, even when they have no business yes. being that large. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, Transformers has... Literally never had consistent scale, and it isn't about to start now. <laughs> that is entirely true. They're as big as they say they are. They're as big as we say they are. So you can, they can be any size they wish. That's right. Galvatron can be any size he wishes. <laughs> <laughs> so that should do it for Darkness Rising. Please join us next week when Darkness will continue to rise. Still not at the peak yet, but it's nope, getting there. Nope, we have got four solid weeks of rising darkness uh, before this begins to clear up. <laughs> before it reaches its <laughs> pinnacle and then begins to clear up.
That's right. We are looking for a, uh, we're looking for some falling darkness, uh, in a, in a few episodes, but until then, please stay inside and avoid sources of dark energy. <laughs> but of course, until, uh, darkness sufficiently recedes, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we are on Tumblr, and we're on Facebook. And we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help our hosting costs and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. And this month, we are talking about Black Panther for our exclusive Patreon episode. That's right. So uh, by oh, this well- time... By yeah, the, I guess by this time it'll be time March. This episode come in last month. Yeah. What? Yes. So, uh, in March, We're recording get ready in the for... past. Hello, future. Time. How yes. does it work? Welcome to the world of tomorrow. We're also optimistic, thinking there's going to be a world tomorrow. Oh. Listen, <laughs> I think that we are all well aware that tomorrow never dies. That's fair. I'll allow it. Never, never get me started talking on Bond movies. We'll be here like for a month. <laughs> So until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen.